שבוע טוב, שלום עליכם, to all of you, great listeners. I trust that each one of you has had a beautiful holiday, a beautiful Simchat Torah, and now we are all ready to move forward and maximize our time for Torah study. This is where this great station becomes handy because it offers all types of Shi'ore Torah, Gemara, Agada, Musar, stories from our famous Hakamim, Hidushet Torah, and add to that the beautiful religious music which you hear every day. Uh, this is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC, and I'm going to talk about uh, yesterday's parasha, Parashat Bereshit. Parashat Bereshit is really a lesson in Emunah. Bereshit bara Elohim et ha-shamayim et ha-ares. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Borei Olam, He created the earth and the heavens. The heavens is everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the entire universe. I don't know how many of you have looked into what makes up the universe. But there are millions of galaxies in the universe. Each galaxy has millions of stars. Each star has its own planets surrounding it. We're talking about billions of planets here. We cannot fathom the extent of the supreme power of the Borei Olam in order to create all these things. Even scientists, you know, they, they can't understand. Just too much for their brain, too much for the, even smart as they are, they still cannot understand the entire, uh, the extent of, of the greatness and the vastness of the universe. You know, uh, there was a, uh, in, in, uh, in Mount Palomar in California, they built uh, a huge telescope. You know, a telescope is something that you see something far, you see it near. This telescope was maybe 450 tons. Cost a lot of money. And with this, they can see billions and billions of miles away. And yet, with all those billions of miles, they see no end. There is no end. The power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is infinite. The universe is infinite. There are only 30 Pesukim that are devoted in Parashat Bereshit for creation. Now, you can go to any library and you can find dozens and dozens of books, three, four hundred pages long, about creation. Hashem is not interested in giving us a set of specifications about creation. Hashem wants us to believe the whole thing is emunah. That's the idea. The, to the believer... There are no questions. To the non-believer, 
There are no answers. We have to strengthen our emunah. And the idea behind creation altogether is because we have to understand that that same Bore Alam that created all these galaxies and all these stars and all these planets and all this, the entire universe is the same as the same Bore Alam that came down to Harsinai and gave us the Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu and we went down finally to us. Now, the, 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 the fact that Hashem gave the Torah to Moshe Rabbeinu, this is something that is much, much more important they have deal than what they have nowadays. They say, you know, well, the, the Goyim also, they have uh, all kinds of, of laws. In America, they have laws. In France, they have laws. But you see, the human laws keep on changing. One day it's like this. One day it's like that. Abortion, no. Years back, no good. Then yes, then no, then yes. Alcohol, prohibited. First it was not, then prohibition, then against prohibition. And this is all... You look into the laws, they change. The laws of Hashem, they don't change. They're absolute. Why? Because they come from Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in His infinite wisdom, has given us a set of mitzvot, which will help us in living not only in this world, but also in the world to come after 120. There are many skeptics in this world. There are many skeptics, but you know something? I just want to discuss one little point. Some say, they say, well, the scientists are saying that the Earth is one, one billion years old, something like that. That's not a problem. I don't know how many of you have heard of Rabbi Avigdor Miller, the great Torah giant. Amanda was giving Shiorim and all kind of game with Musan. Man who learned with great, great sages of old. But he was born in America. And he wrote a couple of books about this, specifically about this. And he says the fact that the scientists are saying that the world, the earth, is a billion years old is not a problem. Why? Because when Hashem created Adam Arishon, did he create Adam Arishon as a baby? He was an adult. An adult that can function as an adult. When Hashem created the earth, the earth was an adult earth. An earth that was complete. An earth that had everything necessary for people to live on it. That earth could have been a billion years old. <laughs> but it was created only 5,776 years ago. How old when it was created? <laughs> could be whatever you want. We don't know. Hashem created it in order for man to use it. And it was complete. That's just one small 
uh, one small point. But let me let me explain something to you. Look at the let's say the Empire State Building. Okay. The Empire State Building has 102 floors. It has like 6,500 windows, 2,000 stairs. There were millions of man hours used in order to build it. How many doors? How many carpentry required? How many electrical work and plumbing and all that? Would you say, if you walk by, oh, you know what? Yesterday, this wasn't here. Now it's here. It just sprang up. Impossible. It has to be a planner. Someone that planned it. The same thing with the earth and the universe. Do you know how many stars there are? Our star, which we call the sun, is just a smaller type of a star. Do you know the precision, how all these celestial bodies, they all work somehow together in, in a coordination that Hashem has created? Give you an example. The earth rotates around the world, around the sun, 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds. Exactly. The earth cannot possibly turn around the sun with less than that or more than that. It's exact. The most precise thing there is in the world. Why? Because Hashem made it. Human being cannot create anything so precise. Okay. And everything else is the same way. Take, uh, for example, a schedule of a, uh, of an, a, a, plane, a, a plane company, like Delta or American Airlines or JetBoy Airlines, whatever. Take a schedule that they have for next month. And you got there, okay, well, we have a flight at 9.30 a.m., another flight at 10.30, another flight at 11.15. Can you trust 100% that the flights will take off on time? Exactly at the time they're, they're, they're telling you? Of course not. Could be all kinds of things. Could be storms. Could be heavy rain. Could be snow. Or could be the pilot was late that day. It hardly ever takes exactly on time. But I can tell you now, not a year from now, but a hundred years from now, I can tell you with certainty that October 10, 2115, 2115 will be exactly like yesterday. Sunset will be 623. It won't change one second, not a fraction of a second. Why? Because Hashem did it. The work of Hashem is precise. And that same Bore Olam, with his infinite power and infinite wisdom, is the one that gave us the Torah. You know, there's a story that is recorded in one of the Rabbi Pesach Kron. And he says that, you know, during the communist era, you couldn't possibly uh, be religious 
who learn study Torah to any great extent in Russia. It was extremely impossible. Couldn't even have a Brit Minah. Those that did have Brit was only uh, somewhere in the basement, uh, in hiding, whatever. And when they went to Israel, there was an immigration of uh, maybe a million Jews going to Israel. And none of them had any schooling or any education in Hebrew whatsoever. But there was one teenager who somehow managed to become a Baal Shuvah, went to Yeshiva, despite the fact that his father didn't like the idea. Then finally he learned the whole Masikta. And his uh, Rabbanim, the rabbis of that Yeshiva, wanted to make a special siyum for him. Siyum Masikta for a young, you know, a young, a young guy from Russia where a father knows from nothing. And the mother knows from nothing. And now he's, he learned the whole Masikta, a siyum. That's a great thing. But he invited the father to come. First, the father refused. He said, ah, I don't know what these things are. It's not for me. Finally, he agreed to come. So during the uh, siyum, the rabbis, several rabbis spoke uh, about uh, the, his son, how, how good he was, uh, how uh, smart he was, and he was able to learn an entire masikta. And the son also got up and made the derasha on the masikta. And here the father is hearing all these things. Finally, the father says, towards Birkat Amazon, this father, who was not religious at all, he says, I would like to say something. I want to speak. So they tell okay, fine. I mean, you know, they didn't want someone like that to speak, but it's the father. And he says something quite interesting. And this has to do with the Soviet Union itself. He said that, give him a, an, an example of, a, of a, a, a parable. There was a man that had an, an apple orchard. A lot of trees, a lot of beautiful apples, shiny, delicious apples. And everything was fine for years and years. Then comes a gardener, and he goes to him and says, you know what? Look, look at the roots, how filthy they are, you know. And, and look at the top, the fruits, the apples, how nice and beautiful. He says, if a filthy root can give you such beautiful apples, imagine if we turn the tree around and have the beautiful apples on the ground, the roots up, you'll see how much, much beautiful it will be. Oh, that sounded like a, a logical thing to do. I said, well, maybe it's right. So the owner of the orchard turns around the first tree, and guess what? Nothing happened. Now, I said, no, they persist. No, that's only one tree. Try the others. Try the others. And they tried. And tried. Obviously, nothing happened. So he says to them, this is exactly what happened in communist Russia. He says, before they became communist, during the time of the Tsar, 
There was abundance. You can find food in the street. At the last year before the breakup of the of the Soviet Union, he says he, he had a long line of people waiting just for one loaf of bread. They thought these communist people, they thought, oh, we have a new method now. We have a new theory. We're all cameras. We're all equal. Hey. <laughs> He says it didn't happen. And it persisted. It was the wrong thing to do. Until finally they came back to the old way. Because the old way was the proper way. Was the right way. And that's why Russia right now is doing okay. Much, much better than during the communist times. He says this is the same thing here. We thought. Oh, he was an atheist, obviously. We thought, hey, the new way with with Hasvi uh, Shalom taking the religion on the side, we thought that was that was the that was the better way. But now I see, after you all spoke about my son, after my son spoke so beautifully in his derasha, I see that the old way is the is the right way. Let's hope that. Bereshit, Parashat Bereshit is a great lesson in strengthening our emunah. We're starting now a new year, but this new year is starting with creation, with the infinite power, infinite wisdom of Kadosh Baruch Hu, who gave us the Torah. Now we hope that this is going to really be mehazek our emunah. Put in more time in study of Torah and fulfilling the misvot. Now, but I just would like to spend a couple of minutes about Cain and Hevel. You see, the Torah spends maybe 30 pesukim for the entire creation, and yet when it comes to the sin of Adam Arishon, well, almost the same amount. It goes into details of the sin. Great details. Then again, details with Cain and Hevel. Why? Because the Torah is not interested in how the creation was made. The Torah is for us, for the human beings. Human beings have failings, but they can come back. Teshuvah was created be even before the creation of the world. Torah was created before the creation of the world because those two things are extremely important for the world to exist. But the Torah tells us about Cain and Hevel. It said that, well, Cain brought his, uh, his, uh, his korban, and, uh, uh, which was uh, pishtan, flax, and Hevel brought Mehel Benet Sonu, the best uh, of his uh, of his cattle, but then it says Akalush Baruch Hu accepted the korban of Hebel, but somewhat rejected the korban of Cain. Now comes Akalush Baruch Hu, and he tells he tells Cain, "Lama haralach? Why are you upset?" Now, 
how do we understand this question? I mean, what do you mean, why is he upset? He's upset because he was rejected. Hashem accepted the uh, uh, the korban of, of, of the brother, but not uh, he rejected him. So what's the question? It's very simple. I'll give you an illustration about this. It was one time, I think it was the Rabbi Soloveitchik, one time a shohet comes and he brings whatever, a piece of what he wanted to find out and he goes to, uh, to the rabbi and he says, uh, is this a kasher or terefa? The rabbi looks at it, he says, no, this is, if it's like this, it, the whole behemoth is terefa. Okay, no problem. Terefa, fine. Few weeks later, that same shahed had a case with someone else about a couple hundred dollars. The shahed says, "I don't owe this man anything." The man says, "No, the shahed owes me." They go to the rabbi Soloveitchik again. He listens to both cases, and he decides against the shahed. So the shahed gets up. And he, he starts uh, cursing and angrily uh, uh, screaming. And then he storms out. So after he left, so one of the younger rabbis uh, asks the rabbi, so he says, says, I don't understand. The same guy was here a couple of, a few weeks ago. He asked you a case about a, a, a cow that may be worth $2,000. Here we're talking about a couple hundred dollars. That one didn't say anything. Over here, he's screaming. Why? He says to him, it's very simple. What happened a few weeks ago, even though it was more money, but it was something that had to do between him and Hashem. He has not, nobody to blame. In this case, it's between him and the other guy. It's one thing if a person loses on his own, but when you have a case with someone else and the other person is winning the case, that he cannot take. Kin'ah. Jealousy. How could he win and me be wrong? Forget about the money part. Money was $200. It's nothing... Not a lot of money. But how could he win and me lose? That's the question that Hashem is asking Cain. Why are you upset? Are you upset because I rejected the Korban? Or are you upset because your brother Hebel brought a better Korban? That's the question here. Is it jealousy? And obviously, it was jealousy. Because we know that uh, uh, from other Midrashim, that it was, it was jealous, and that's why, uh, that's why you kill him. As Rabbi Eliezer Kafa says in Mishneh, in Pirkei Avot, he says, Selusha Devarim, Motsi'im Nita Adam Mina Olam. Hakin'a 
התאווה והכבוד. Jealousy, lust, and glory, כבוד. Oh yeah, jealousy can cause murder, can cause someone to kill somebody else, as we see it here. It's very obvious. Lust, even lust, desire, great desire. In this particular case, there was, there was a, a question here. Hachamim uh, say that Cain was born with one twin. But Heva was born with two girls. Not one twin girl, two twin girls. And there was, a, 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 there was a, an argument that ensued because of that. And Cain says, oh, ah, that extra girl, I want to marry her because I'm the Bechor. And Hevel said, no, she was born with me, belongs to me. And as, uh, as uh, they were arguing and arguing, and he killed them. This lost ta'ava, that's a ta'ava, kavod, the glory. Oh, yeah, with kavod. If someone wants to have the kavod, we see it so many times. I, 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 you know, look into history. There's a king over here. Somebody else wants to dethrone the king and have the kabot to be the king or president or whatever. We see this umpteen times. And that's why we have to be extremely careful, Rabotai. We'll learn a lesson here. A lesson in Emunah from creation. A lesson from Cain and Hevel that jealousy and glory and lust, they cause a person to go out in this world. That's the lessons we learn from this, this part. Of course, there are many other lessons, but this, at least these two lessons here. I hope you've heard this, Derasha, uh, and enjoyed it. Uh, if you like this kind of Hidushim, uh, every Shabbat, one hour before Minha, I speak for an hour at SLC. You're welcome to attend. Let me urge you again about this beautiful station here to try to help as much as you can. This station must continue. It must perpetuate itself because of the great uh, benefit that it has for the entire community. And let me also tell you that as of November 1st, we'll be able to have Simahotin on a new, highly renovated social hall. We're spending quite a lot of money in order to make it beautiful so that you will enjoy better your Simahotin.